0: Hey, everybody. This is Dr. William Clark here for Leadership Conversations. This is the show where we talk about leadership according to the world that matters to you. And I hope that this uh, this podcast finds you doing well and that you're continuing to progress towards your goals and the things that you've set out to achieve this year in 2019. Now, I wanted to uh, uh, kind of review a book with you. And this book uh, is a book that I've read uh, before many, many, many years ago. It was introduced to me by um, a CEO uh, of a previous organization I was a part of of and uh, this book series and this book and what it represents really had an impact on me then earlier in my career and as I sat back and have reread it repeatedly over the years it continues to have this impact on me. And I wanted to quickly share with you the principles of this book. And obviously, I'm going to suggest that you read it, particularly for leaders and for people who are trying to understand the mind of leaders and why leaders do what they do. The title of this book is called The Four Obsessions of an Extraordinary Executive. And it's by Patrick uh, Lencioni, and uh, it's a leadership book, written written within the guise or within the context of a a fable, a story, uh, a fictional story. And uh, it, it it's it's a well written book. Um, it it follows an organization who is in the middle of competing uh, with other organizations. However, they just don't view their business in that in that way, from that lens. They seriously compete with themselves they only think about uh the organization um that they are part of in terms of what works for them what's healthy for them and uh as a result the one of the key characters uh the ceo in this case he has created these four obsessions that have made a difference in the success of the business and has continued to play a role in the success of the business now, along the journey uh, in this particular book, which is a short read, by the way, there's a character that was hired uh, by uh, senior members of the team. And unfortunately, this character just did not go through the process of uh, understanding the culture. And it leads to the four obsessions that came out as the key uh, elements of the story. It explains. Uh, what makes a difference within team and explains uh, why uh, it's important for organizations to have a culture that makes sense for them, for their customer base, for the goals they're trying to achieve, et cetera. So I wanted to quickly share with you the four obsessions, and I'm going to quickly summarize them. I'm not going to go into depth because I think the book does an awesome job. In the story, explaining it. And then in the post version of the fictional story, you know, the author, Patrick, provides some analysis, some uh, practical analysis of those four obsessions and why he believes these obsessions are worth the time and energy for any executive or leader. So here's the first obsession build and maintain a cohesive leadership team. Okay, build and maintain a cohesive leadership team. You have to make sure that your leadership team is solid, they've bought into the vision that you've established, they are free to share their thoughts, they are free to give feedback, they are free to hold each other and you accountable, they are uh, encouraged. If not expected to honor group decisions, they don't take things personal. They feel a part of the process, both success and failure. Again, I cannot give away this book, but man, this point is critical for leaders and for organizations. There are too many organizations. There are too many of us leaders. Who have built teams, but they're not cohesive teams. We've built talent. We've collected talent uh, like we're trying to stack uh, a, a hand in a card game. But if there's no cohesion between the talent you've collected, then what's the point? If people can't get along, if people can't work together, if people can't leverage each other's skills and abilities together, if people don't see the importance of their contribution on a team, then what what was the point? Number two, the second obsession is create organizational clarity. What is the why? What is the what? What is the how of the organization? What are the goals of the organization? Who does what within the organization? Why do they do what they do? Why do we do what we do? Why do we say yes? Why do we say no? The story explains it all, and I think the example given in the story says it all. Many of your organizations out here who are – you're running around saying I'm a CEO, I'm an executive, and there is no clarity to your business. There's no clarity to your leadership. There's no clarity to your nonprofit. There's no clarity to your function or existence. What is the why behind you doing what you do? Okay. And if you find your why, then how do you do what you do consistently so that when you as the leader are absent for whatever reason, the business is continuing along its trajectory without losing a beat in too many cases. You take a leader out of the organization and the organization goes goes belly up. They don't know what to do. Well, I got to go call Joe. I got to go call uh, Jane. I, I don't know what to do in this case. That happens in too many cases, and that is because the organization has become wholly dependent, unfortunately, upon the leader to do what it does. And that speaks to a lack of clarity. If decisions can't be made in your absence that you would have made if you were present, then you, my friend, as the leader, have not spoken clearly enough about what it is the organization does, what it's about, how it gets it done, etc. You have created a lack or a deficit of a culture. Number three, the third obsession is to over-communicate organizational clarity. This is a part of the second bullet. You got to over-communicate regular stuff. I've seen in too many cases where uh, mid-level managers, senior level managers, executives say, I'm not going to repeat myself because they're adults and they ought to know what we are, what our mission is and what we do. Yes, but just as you are patient with your kids, hopefully, and you realize you got to repeat yourself until your kids are able to digest the information you're sharing with them, adults need that too especially when the adults that are part of your organization have, they, they have their eyes elsewhere or they're not as bought into the business as you are. And that is a mistake too many leaders make. They expect everybody to buy in as much as they do. They expect everybody to care as much. They expect everybody to work overtime as much as you do. That's not going to happen for a number of reasons, whether it's financial or personal. People don't buy in at the same level, however, it doesn't mean you can't get people to plug in at some point based upon their level of engagement to that end, you as leader must accept and embrace the job of over-communicating. Repeat, repeat, repeat multiple times through multiple platforms, through multiple mediums. Repeat, have your managers under you repeat the same message, share the same message, have it go over, over and over and over and over and over again until till it gets to the point that even frontline staff or mid-level staff who aren't as bought in, they having been ingrained. With your thinking that now it becomes mindless for them to repeat what you believe in, even if they don't believe it, at least they know, right? And if they know, and if they can state it, then it can be held accountable for what they understand. Here's the fourth obsession. Reinforce organizational clarity through human systems. This is the crux of the story. This is the crux of the experience of this book. This is the crux of organizational consistency. What he is saying is when you enforce organizational clarity through human systems, you have to make sure you hire people based upon the standards you are setting within the organization. Whatever the culture is, you got to hire for that. Whatever the culture is, you got to make decisions based upon that culture. Whatever the culture is, you got to have performance that meets that expectation. Everything about the human experience within your organization must match what you envision, what you're building. And what your mission is and what your purpose is. If you don't have systems, human systems to back up what you believe in. Then you're going to have friction. You're going to have fraying at the edges. And you're going to be confused about who you are and what you're doing. Be consistent. Whatever it is. Be consistent in your decision making. Be consistent in your hiring. Be consistent in your performance management. This book is a must read I almost want to do a book club on this book because it is a necessary book for leaders who are looking to figure out how to build culture, (laughs) who are looking to figure out how to build consistency, right? Anybody can uh, swing at the ball, hit a home run, and just do it randomly. Anybody can do it and get lucky. Anybody can drive a ball with a golf club and get a a hole-in-one randomly. Anybody can beat anybody at chess randomly. That doesn't make you great nor good. What makes you great or good is when you know how to do that thing over and over and over again, consistently, and regardless of the opposition. Think about it. Amazing batters in baseball are great because they know how to hit the ball out of the park no matter who's pitching. Great golfers know how to be great because they can hit a hole in one or a win in golf because they know how to beat the course consistently regardless of the texture of the grass, regardless of the weather, regardless of the location in the, in the world. Great leaders, man. Great leaders are known not by fluke successes. Great leaders are known by their consistent results, no matter who's on the team, no matter what year it's in, no matter what is going on in the marketplace, no matter what's happening with competitors, no matter what changes are happening with customers, great leaders are consistent regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situation. The goal of this podcast is to make you great. The goal of this podcast is to get you focused on consistency, processes that make you unique and almost predictable in a sense. Not predictable in that I know he's going to do this and this and this. Predictable in the sense that I can rely on so-and-so to lead this team because they've led variety types of teams. They've led in a variety of types of circumstances. They've overcome a variety of types of situations. They're not limited by being in a perfect situation in order for them to win. All these podcasts I've been doing all these years, put them together, you'll see some themes in there. You'll see some themes around process and consistency, regardless if you're a church leader watching this podcast, listening to this podcast, a nonprofit leader, a small business leader, a mid-sized business leader, or a, a Fortune 500, Fortune 100 business leader. No matter where you are, the greatness of your leadership is your ability to be consistent regardless of the company, the revenue, the size of staffing, no matter the location, the competition, the business. It doesn't matter. Leadership is leadership. Great leadership is great leadership. This book is a must read for leaders looking to establish themselves as consistent winners. You may not like Bill Belichick. You may not like Greg Popovich. They're consistent. (laughs) They're consistent because they have led multiple teams. Different types of teams. To different, to, to different types of teams, to multiple championships. The teams have never been the same. The principles have been the same. The consistency has been the same. The personnel has changed over the years, and they are still winning. <laughs> they are still winning. That says something about their leadership. I hope you find this helpful. As you can tell, this stuff gets me fired up. I can talk about this for hours, and honestly, this podcast would never, ever end. But we'll end it here. If you like this, if it's helpful, share it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TV, and YouTube, and on your favorite podcasting platform. This is Dr. William Clark for Leisure Conversations. We'll see you in the next show. Peace.